very extra special guest tonight. He's the current chairman and co-owner of one of the USL's most historic clubs. That would be Charleston Battery. Since purchasing Battery back in October 2019, fans have seen growth at Patriots Point both on the field and in the stands. Black and Yellow currently sit second in the Eastern Conference headed into the final stretch of the season. Rob Salvatore, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here and that sounds really good heading into the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds that's really- right. Final stretch, we're <laughs> sort of getting into the thick of it. So tell us about the season so far, because from a supporter's perspective and from the casuals' perspective, it seems to have been hugely successful so far. But from a ownership standpoint, tell us about the ups and downs and, and everything that's gone on so far. Yeah, I mean, as as it relates to this year, um, really good. Um, just really fired up for the stretch run um it's a good it's a good team and uh they've battled hard and uh just happy that that we can bring some joy to patriots point and and uh pay back our supporters who have been so good to us over the last four years since we came in um so in that sense really um just really excited for the, for the next nine weeks, um, a regular cadence here, uh, you know, we'll be playing every Saturday. So the guys have grinded and I think we've played more road games than anybody in the league. So, um, looking forward to having a good home stand down the stretch and, you know, like any season it's up, there's some ups and downs. Um, you know, we've had some good runs and some, we've had some, some stretches where, you know, we haven't scored goals or guys have gotten hurt and, and we've had to, um, persevere but in comparison to last year uh where i think we were you know about four sitting on four wins and and maybe 12 or so points at this at, at this point um it's it's been everything i hoped for uh lee and ben have have come in and and understood our our vision and and taken it to you know where we believe it can go and and i'm just really excited for her really excited for September and October and, and what lies ahead. Yeah, it was really, it was awesome to get down there in Charleston for the home opener. We were uh, lucky enough to cover the, uh, cover the home match and speak with their supporters group. They were very, very, um, I, I very said, excited. They were excited, but they weren't expecting where your guys, you guys are now. And that was the biggest surprising factor of it, considering, obviously who you brought in from a leadership perspective and from a coaching perspective. So um, it's been awesome having sat down with Lee as well. I mean, he spoke so clearly to what he wants from the team um, on on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah. And I was, I was lucky enough to run into him at Patriots point last week um, at the Oakland game or two weeks ago. I think that was now. Um, and if we were just kind of, talking about November when we spoke and where the team yep. was just at the end of the season or after the season had wrapped up. And like I said, it's, uh, it's cool to see where the team was and, and where they are now. I guess when it comes to um, being an owner, what are some principles that you hold to yourself and, and to the team that are keys to success? Uh, maybe not just for the USL, like for the USL championship club, but for business as a whole. Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the reasons why we've been able to turn it around pretty quick here is Lee and, and Ben, they have a really good understanding of, I think, what we want the club to stand for and, and how we want it to engage with the community and how we want the players to represent themselves and represent the club. So with his experience and uh, 
in, in, in particular with an understanding of the, what the USL championship is, who the players are, how the teams function inside the communities, the, the, the grassroots aspect of it, what it means, uh, how we have to entertain the fans and what, what Friday and Saturday night mean that like Lee getting up the curve is, was no real surprise. Um, to answer the question and, and kind of segue into that from, from that point around, um, those guys understanding our vision, it's really about alignment. And as I think about USL championship, um, it's, it's not really much different than any other small business. Uh, I've been involved in entrepreneurial stuff for the last 20 years and small businesses need to go really fast. Uh, they're under-resourced. You need everybody to be bought in and aligned. So for us, uh, when we bought the team, it was about uh, putting a, a, a flag down in terms of what we wanted to stand for in terms of the soccer side of the business, the commercial side and, and the community side. We look at the, at the business through, through kind of those three pillars, those three lenses, um, and they all feed off each other. The better we are in the community, the more support we'll get, the more people who come, the you know, the more home field advantage, the more sponsorship you can get, the more money you can put back into the team, and it just kind of goes. I talk about the flywheel. And I think having clear objectives uh, in, in each of those buckets, you know, we want to be relevant. Uh, we want to be hard to play against at home. Uh, we want to have a supporter culture. Uh, and strong season ticket base. We want to be delivering value to our sponsors. We want to have the team serve uh, the community and, and use the platform that we have uh, to unite the community, to inspire young kids to grow the game, uh, to, to get out our message around health and wellness, that, that people should be active and, and to be a community asset. So when we establish those objectives and we can measure against them clearly, um, it's it's easier for people whose responsibility it is to run the business day to day to get aligned with that. Um, and I think that's helped Lee and he's pushed it down into the front office and they know what what they do each day, how it ladders up to those objectives and the same on the sporting side. So when I had my business out west, um, which still exists, uh, one of my co-founders still runs it. But but when we were a very small company and it's just a few people, it's easy to stay aligned. You you sit in the same room and you don't have to have any meetings. You're all working on the same stuff. But as the company grows, you start to scale. Having those clear objectives is really important. And um, we've been we've been able to get uh, kind of up the learning curve. It's a very steep learning curve in championship. It's it's a unique animal. Um, and those first few years, especially with COVID, it, it was hard to kind of figure what was going on. We learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes. We kind of broke it down and built it back up. But, but I think because we have that, that alignment and those objectives clearly stated, we're, we're going fast and maybe to your guys opening point of exceeding expectations. Uh, maybe now that we bottomed out, so to speak, um, the, the rebound has been really quick, but I think the foundation and the underpinning was there. Uh, and now it's just, we're starting to get the gears locked in and, and hopefully this is just the beginning of it. Um, and we can make a bigger impact in the community and do better financially and, and win a championship because all that stuff is starting to work on itself. Yeah, I think the biggest <clears throat> the biggest takeaway from that is like like you said, value. Like what value you're bringing from the sponsorship perspective, the fans, the community, yeah. the players on the pitch. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, football. Well, small businesses and football teams are 
not very different in terms of when it comes to business. Why right. did you get involved with a sports business in the first place? Obviously, you created your own mm-hmm. entrepreneurial set um, setup. What kind of drew, drew you to um, owning a sports team? Obviously, we're looking behind you right now. There's plenty of sports memorabilia yeah. up there. Um, obviously, a yeah. fan of sport, but it is a yeah. risky business. It is a uh, it's a cutthroat business. I'm just curious to know what um, what drew you to it. Yeah, uh, I think the my older brother, who I own the team with, uh, you know, we own a majority of the battery together. Uh, he had gotten involved in, in Major League Baseball. He's a co-owner of the Marlins. And um, that kind of came a little bit out of left field in terms of uh, him getting involved in it. Um, and uh, we saw how fun it was. Um, and and that's, you know, that's big time Major League Sports. Uh, when he and I talked about uh, doing something together uh, as a family, we, we like the idea of us of a lower division uh, club because we saw the growth in the game of soccer in particular. There was an opportunity in the low country, which we had ties to. And our mandate really was we actually wanted a project. We wanted something that looked a little bit like a turnaround that we could really put our, our fingerprint on. And we wanted to be able to control it. And um, so we kind of checked all those boxes. So a little bit of an extension of, I'd say, his pursuit into professional sports and a little bit of an extension of my pursuit into smaller business, building something, entrepreneurship. Um, and so all those elements came together and, and the this historic club being available was a really unique opportunity. It is risky, as you said. Um, there isn't the um, kind of that uh, that in a way that fallback of huge media and centralized revenue. These, these are risky businesses. Um, it just came from the owners meeting in Colorado Springs, you know, where I'm, I'm with my, I'm with my colleagues and my peer group, our, our cohort. And we, t- we spent a lot of time talking about how do we run fiscally sound, sustainable businesses. That's a lot of what the conversation is about. Um, very, very smart people who have put a lot of time and effort into it. And I, we feel a sense of it being early days, but a ton of opportunity in front of us. And that's maybe that's something that attracted me was um, beyond my love. Of, you know, see all my cards yeah. up there <laughs> beyond beyond being able to, you know, I wasn't a uh, um, I thought I was athletic, but I wasn't a good, <laughs> a good enough athlete to play competitively in college at a high level. But I just I love I love the theater of sports and um it's why it's the Holy grail with media is because it's unscripted and it's live. And, um, it's just a dream to be around these guys. I, I see how hard they work every day. Um, and what they put themselves through, how much they care, uh, the grind of a season. It's just so cool to be around. And, um, the fact that it has this grassroots element to it and it is a community asset and it brings so much joy and entertainment to Charleston it's it's really a, it's the dream that we had hoped for. Um, uh, watching the Marlins beat the Yankees this weekend was really fun <laughs> mm. too. Um, but uh, you know the fact that I've got my hands all over this organization and uh, you live and and die with the ups and downs of it going through a season like we did last year and then coming back. It's just uh, it's a really unique opportunity. It's a privilege and. Um, it's a it's a really unique small business. Um, it's uh, it's kind of everything 
you you wish for and more um and as a fan it's just it's it's kind of the ultimate experience <laughs> so. I, I i couldn't agree more being at patriots point a couple of weeks ago i mean you guys definitely know how to put a show on let's put let's put it that way from from yeah, uh, i appreciate like a, you say that yeah. I mean, look it's 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 entertainment yeah. um it's it gotten it's, it's improved too every time we go back it seems like there's something at least a little bit more added to like again the, we were there when the grandstand opened up on the other side of the field seems like there's yeah. more concession stands so i mean it's it is noticeably improving rapidly while still being a good product right now i think yeah. well i appreciate you saying that it's been the joy of being at patriots and working with the college is it was this blind canvas that we stepped into and we've been able to iterate, you know, each year doing something different, um, whether it's the South riser now and having supporters on both sides, the PA system, so we can have more environment during the game, the decks um, in this off season, we're going to redo the field surface, um, which, you know, becomes more of a recruiting mechanism for us and for the college teams that all of that and the backdrop with the ship and the bridgescape um, and all the landscaping and the stage and stuff, we've just been able to kind of keep adding on and, uh, and learn from it season in season out and uh, hopefully just keep getting better while always maintaining the vibe, which is intimacy, be on top of the action, feel like you're out outdoors and have the taste of Charleston with the food trucks and the local beers being there, which this is a town that loves its food and beverage and is very proud. So having that out there is um, we get a lot of compliments on that. People love that it's local and that the best of Charleston is there. So we'll just keep iterating on it and keep getting better. And um, I think the more you know, the, the more we pack the place, the more opportunity, the more doors are going to open up. For, you know, I think we might have had a few local brews when we were there. The Strik- Strikers Wit is such a good beer. I it's it's hot as hell in Charleston. I, everyone knows that, and that cooled me down. And it's so refreshing. So, and the home team barbecue is also just so good. Yeah, um, we got the froze day, the co-op, yeah, the, froze- the local beer. <laughs> well, so I, it's a little bit of a little bit of something for everybody. I always joke that the USL is like single handedly keeping the the shipping container industry afloat because every time <laughs> I go to a field, but it's such a great use yeah. for them though because you can do concessions there, serve food out of them. But it's always such a like a genius way of. I like that things a lot. Are, they're super durable. And look, we're a port. And yeah, the cargo ships are going by in the background. So from a <laughs> like, leave that extra box. We could use that and sell some jerseys if we need to. I did have yeah. a question around Patriots Point. Obviously, it's a historic place for um, uh, the Charleston Battery and, and the College of Charleston. You share a really good relationship with them. Is there plans for yourself to make it? We're seeing a lot of USL Championship um, clubs build these like massive stadiums or yeah. like soccer specific stadiums. Is that something that you envision? Um, maybe not on that scale, that large scale, but like on a scale where it's still intimate and you have that like outdoors feeling where you kind of just like close it a bit more. Is that something that you've thought about from an ownership point? Yeah. Of view? Yeah. We've, 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 you know, we're, there's a lot of development going on right across the street. There's a, there's plans for, uh, couple hotels and amphitheater and a couple hundred million dollars going on the ground with Bennett hospitality, which is really exciting. Um, when I, you know, one, we, we love it down there. Uh, you know, we found a home and, and the, the growth of the community is, is around it. So we feel really good about that. I'd love to continue to develop if we can keep the pavilion and the, in a way that vibe that I talk about, but get a little bit more permanence and structure, especially some shelter on hot days, 
uh, if there's storms. Um, we do we are kicking around the idea of of building something that's kind of more performance uh, related. Um, you get some of our facilities, and if if we can do it in conjunction with the college, and and you know everybody level up what what type of um, facilities we're offering our our athletes. Bringing all that together and doing it there, there's certainly the room for it. It's going to take a little bit of time, um, but we'd love to do that, and we'd love to do it in conjunction with um, trying to become. We're we're going through the process of, of trying to become a, a base camp for for 26, um, which would bring up the you know, we we have to yeah. have certain standards in terms of what the facilities would look like, physical facilities, the fields itself. So. Um, the the authority who runs the Naval Museum, which is the, the Yorktown, you know, their mission is to bring people down to Patriots Point and and build the exposure of of the museum, the college, and then the town and us. Everybody's working very much uh, in concert together and sharing their plans and their ambitions for the future. So it's a good partnership. I'd I'd say don't be surprised if in the next couple of years, with the success we're seeing and the growth of Mount Pleasant and the point itself. Um, if some big stuff comes out, but, but are we going to build a $70 million, yeah. 13,000 seat or, you know, arena that, that yes, we are, <laughs> you heard it yeah, here first. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think we know what, what we are and, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of that stuff might, might happen around us. Um, but cohabitating with the colleges is college teams is working and um you know, we do have we're going to redo the you know the, the field we have a great grass surface it is a soccer um specific setup so in that sense the, the sight lines and i think the experience is good it's just how can we elevate it uh, to have a few more uh, features and amenities and uh you know, some of the things that that help us with the realities of living in charleston and dealing yeah. with thunderstorms and stuff so definitely no that's that's uh that's exciting to, to see what's to come mm-hmm. um when we look at American ownership in football, we see a lot of negativity, I guess, from the European perspective, American owners going there. Um, mm-hmm. Todd Bowley being a very, very prime example of that. Um, technically, you guys are colleagues, but on a different scale. I guess, what's your take on American ownership in football and um, us as Americans, I mean, I guess, leaders in, in business in sport? Mm-hmm. And the role that Americans play in that. What, what's your point? What's your point of view when it comes to that? Yeah, you know, I it's a, it's it's hard to comment on. I see, you know, is it some of it national pride, and um, you know, why are they here, and how are they doing things? Are they honoring tradition the right way? Um, you know, I, I I would just say this about sports in general and sports ownership. Where are the where are the valuations going? And um, if you look at sports in general, whether it be football overseas, American gridiron football, baseball teams, et cetera, um, there are there, there's a lot of wealth that's chasing it and pouring into it. Um, and if the product is getting better and it's it's a better experience for fans and viewership is up and attendance is up, and people are putting their capital at risk, private capital at risk. There's going to be winners and losers uh, in it, and um, I understand that maybe some fan bases get ticked off, but I would I would wonder how that correlates to winning and losing. Um, you know, I I I think a lot of it goes hand in hand with that. Um, 
but again, if it's if it's people's private capital and it's their business, um, they can do what they want with it. I, you know, as I think about the battery, you know, I we bought a team that had a long history that had the community very much, um, uh, you know, emotionally attached to it. Um, there was uncertainty when we came in, and what we've tried to do is is be good stewards of it is whether it's like changing the logo is the first thing I did, I did it be- before I bought the team. I got a new logo made, you know, how do you honor tradition? How do you in a way, turn the microphone on, listen to the fans, get their input. You know, how, what would you like to see us do with the team? How, you know, what amenities do you want in the stadium? This, our supporter section was designed by them. They're like, don't give us seats. We want drink rails. You know, we <laughs> want to be on, these guys want to be on the South side. So I think if you come in and, and you're cooperative and you listen and you use that as feedback and, it's like anything else. It's just, it's just listen to your customers. And then I think if you're trying and you're investing your own time and capital for the most part, I think you're going to, you're going to be appreciated. Like Mm -hmm. last year we sucked. We were bad, right? We were basically DFL. And um, I felt a tremendous amount of support from, from our fans and from the community because I think they saw us trying and grinding and listening to them. And, um, and I I think that's just, if you kind of have that North star, and and you know what your objectives are and you stay true to it you'd be in good you'd be in good shape um which you know which group is splashing their money around which continent i mean we <laughs> see a lot of it now right and um you know what's gone on in golf and and uh and all that and uh you know it's just it's it's big business and and it's going to attract um a lot of capital and a lot of opinions yeah 100 so. i knew the the battery was the, the third option for moises caicedo this window <laughs> if liverpool and chelsea didn't work out but the bid fell a little bit short there's a lot of different avenues you could go with this specific question rob but i'm wondering what's a complexity about sports ownership so that could be spe- specific to soccer but what's a complexity about sports ownership that people don't really know about or don't talk about or something that might have caught you by surprise when you first started getting into this business Oh, that's a good question. Um, Other than the sweet trading card hookups that it, that it introduces <laughs> you to. Yeah, I haven't gotten any, any yet. Um, still waiting for uh, for Panini to give me my care package. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say the most interesting thing might be the fact that it plays out so publicly. So you could be a salesperson, uh, a manager, um, and you have a, you know, you have a shitty quarter and like kind of nobody knows about it, but for us in sports, you get a print every, like in our case, you know, every Saturday night and like, it's, it's so there for everybody to interpret, right? You have media outlets following it, right? People are writing about it. Fans are walking out of the stadium, evaluating it in real time. It's, it's so unique in the sense that it's, it's, it's evaluated in real time in front of you and then commented on and put back. And it's super hard for the players, right? Cause with social media, you know, if they had a bad game or a bad result, you know, that's, they can't go home and kind of detach from that. So it's, it's, um, it's really, um, it's really intense in that regard. We, we have a, uh, a co-owner, a family office, a uh, local family office that's joined us. Great, great people. And uh, after we got starched by, San Antonio, um, seven nil, we were together, uh, two days later and we're in a meeting and the guy was recounting what happened on Saturday night. And he looked at me and said, I didn't know I cared so much. And it was like, 
Yeah. And, you know, we have, you know, you have friends with you and people are in town and then you go out and you get, you know, pasted like that. Um, and uh, you just kind of have to really manage your emotions um, through the season. Um, uh, interesting. And we got time. You know, when I was a young, young guy working at Chase, it's 1998. And uh, I'm just out of college, and um, I was three this, years old. <laughs> yeah, we had this group. Um, we had this this program in this group uh, called Talking Baseball, and uh, it was really cool. We had uh, uh, people from local teams and and from the visiting teams that would come in, and we would bring our clients to. It was middle market banking, and it was cool. And at the end of the season, Joe Torre spoke, and um, everybody's online talking to him. I kind of got online laughed intentionally. Grew up a big Yankee fan, and uh, I, I asked him a question about the longevity of the season and, and he answered it with just this calmness that he approached the season with. And he was talking to me about how the, you know, the best teams will win 95 or a hundred games, maybe, which means you're still going to lose 75 games. And he said, you're going to have these stretches in the season where uh, you lose four or five games and you feel like it's the end of the world and you feel like you're terrible and nothing's going right. Nobody's getting a hit. You know, nothing's happening in a timely way. And, and um, that could be a team that winds up winning 98 games and winning a pennant. And it's, it's kind of the same here. So not only is it this uh, in between, you know, kind of week to week, you lose a game and then you got to sit with it all week. And then if you lose two games, it feels like you haven't won in a mm. year. And that's playing out publicly and it's, and it's emotional. Um, it's hard not to react in the moment as a fan and we're fans, the owners and the, you know, the, the, the people in management, the people in the front office are fans too. Um, and you kind of prepare for it. And then there's this kind of letdown. So it's, it's that public nature of the results. Um, and then that kind of like pause in between, you know, maybe the good thing about baseball is you get to run it back the next night and do it again and <laughs> do right. it six times in a week. For us, it's just once a week. So I don't know if that answers the question, but, but for me, it's, it's been the hardest part of, of it is, is learning to manage your emotions. So I always think back to, to Tori and how calm he always seemed and how he could handle those egos in the season. And people, I think maybe criticized him for, for, Oh, you had all the best players. And it's like, well, not necessarily, you know, a good manager and, and I think maybe a good executive or a good ownership is staying consistent, not getting too high, not getting too low, and filtering out all that noise that comes with with sports. You want the fans to be passionate and rabid and fired up, but you kind of can't get caught up in that um in that emotional aspect of it. You kind of have to just stay steady and stay confident. You have a point of view, we have a roster, we have a game plan. Um, you know, we have a marketing pitch, a go-to-market strategy, and we just got to stay true to that and execute against it, learn along the way and tweak, but not get too, you know, too distracted by the, 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 the week to week or the day to day. Um, so that's, but that's right. otherwise so damn. That fun. was my, yeah. my follow-up. Obviously you've mentioned a couple of times how important the community aspect is and feeling close to the fans and like mm-hmm. it's accessible and you're within reach of them. But obviously that also means you're, you're easy to locate online. I'm sure you have an email that's floating around that gets bombarded. Do you ever take time to look through if a fan reaches out directly or is that, how do you sort of view that? Cause again, to your point, don't get caught up in it, but I see value yeah. in it too. Yeah. I, I, I don't spend a ton of time on the social media. I think our, you know, our, our staff does a great job in terms of using those, the platforms to engage our fans. Um, you know, I'm sure last year it was pretty negative and this year it might be pretty positive. Um, 
I, I, I do spend a lot of time talking to the fans, um, you know, in the stadium, I see them people, you know, they, I, we, we sit out there, we have our little owners area now, but, but it's very much out in public, but I think it's important for us to be accessible. Uh, I think people for the most part are very, very respectful, especially during the game. Um, you know, they know that we're watching, uh, and we're working. Um, but, but I do think engaging with them, uh, is important because you can you can gauge their mood, you can gauge uh, their level of passion. Um, they do have good feedback about the experience in the, inside the stadium and how we're doing. So I think like anything else, there's a balance to it. Um, I'm not necessarily going to you know take all of that and set the strategy with it, uh, but I think being transparent and um, being realistic about where we think the club can go, uh, and then being present in the community as an organization overall there's a lot of goodwill that comes with that. And for the most part, fans want to be constructive. They they want to enjoy the games. They're spending their money on it and they want the team to be good. Um, so yeah, again, you know, there's going to be extremes. There's going to be some people who don't care. Right. And then they're apathetic and that, you know, you have to try to change that. And there's some people who are going to be uh, overzealous positively or negatively. And I'd say cut the tails off and what is kind of what's the middle look like of the distribution and that's probably where the best feedback's coming from. And, um, and, and but the fans are great. I mean, they're, um, they're the, seeing their happiness, especially like this year, you know, as the results are good and our team plays hard and we win games at the end and they're grinding and, you know, Ben is communicative and, and the, the culture of the team and the identity of the team is what it is. Um, they're, they're very appreciative of that and, and they let us know. And it's a, it's, fun to it's fun to have you know walk down the street and have people call out the battery and you know great win last night or you know season's awesome you know great turnaround um you know big game this weekend we're gonna we're gonna come out and all that so it's 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 good it's it's you know my ear i'm here 24 7 right i live in charleston it's not like i'm i'm absentee and my ear is to the street and as it leaves and everybody in the front office so it's uh in that sense you're never too far away from from the customer. I will say the battery fan base was by far the most knowledgeable of the USL. We, yeah. we learned the most about the USL and what a lot of fans are feeling about certain topics from talking to the battery fan base. So of all, of all the places we've been to, we've been to had quite a few stops at USL clubs at this point, but um, I think they were definitely very outspoken in, in the best possible way. They were very vocal about a lot of things and we learned a lot. And, Listen, it's three decades, right? And yeah. this this club, it's a long time. Um, it's generational now. You've got people who are teenagers who's or in their twenties who were, you know, ball kids and you know, their yeah. parents, you know, met at, we have people who met and got you know first date <laughs> with a battery game and now their kids are, you know, in college and stuff. So it's in that sense, um, you know, they're pretty far ahead of the, you know, I think they're out there in terms of the, the curve. And then a lot of our fans here are also European football fans. So they kind of watch the game at the highest level and support, you know, yeah. uh, you know, our division and, um, they're, they know what's going on. They, you could like, I think one of my favorite things all, all season was, uh, Palma was upfield and just, he got, you know, there was a counter and he just hoofed it all the way back, got back, you know, made, had a long sprint, probably 50, 60 yard sprint, made a great tackle and everybody cheered. And I was like, Yes, that is when you cheer when a guy busts it. But you know, it, it's like being at a hockey game and you know you're on a heavy four check and you just have the other team pinned in and the place is just going. And I love those moments of our fans rewarding the hustle and the smart play. 
because uh, the guys hear it and they feed off of it. Um, and that makes them more inclined to make the run the next time. So, so sort of an interesting topic here, and we've had a lot of different opinions on it, but I would be really interested to hear uh, an owner's perspective on it. Promotion and relegation is something that's been tossed around um, as something that could be introduced to the USL within the next few years. Mm-hmm. I think there was even recently a vote uh, regarding a decision um, involving promotion or relegation. Yeah, we didn't we didn't vote, uh, um, but it's been you know it's it's top it's been a topic. But yes, it's very much at the forefront of what we're discussing what what we're discussing as a league. Yeah. So from a fan standpoint, that's would sort of be the end game for us. I think most American fans would love to be able to say that the U S pyramid is indeed a pyramid with a system of promotion relegation. We'd love to see teams like Charleston fight their way into premier league with seeing all the money and amenities that bring smaller clubs in Europe who get promoted. I mean, they, you mentioned moments, uh, not too many moments ago of how that's your favorite part of the game. I mean, I can't think of a better moment than seeing battery promoted to a league above them, but is that the end game for most owners, would you say? I know it's probably a very nuanced idea to introduce something like that. What what yeah. are the ups and downs of something like that coming to the States officially? Well, it's it's the details, which is kind of what you're alluding to, is is how does it get implemented? Like what what are what would we you know, we're in the second division, what would we be getting promoted to? Um, you know, we're not we're not owned or tied into the MLS. So um and if it's inside USL, you know, how does, how does it work um, with the current construct? So um, there's a lot of thought happening around that. What we're also doing is listening to the market. You know, is this something that people want? Um, American fans are, are watching overseas. You have, you have the leagues that have it, and then you have mass media like Wrexham that brings the concept, you know, very much into people's living room. Maybe for the casual fan who isn't the premier, you know, league supporter, or uh, maybe didn't live over there and and kind of understand what 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 it is. Um, it's certainly exciting. Uh, I I think from a USL ownership perspective, we want to be um a challenger and differentiated so in that sense it's 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 really exciting and and i don't want to overstate the you know how we figure this all out we're not trying to split the atom um it's a it's a sports league that you know is trying to figure out a you know a competitive structure but uh it's it's really unique and we're doing the work around it to to see if it can happen and and what it means if if we do um I like the fact that we're not going to just rush into it because it's a shiny object um, because there could be unintended consequences. But uh, from my perspective, I'm, I I like innovation and uh, I think as individual clubs and as a league, we need to be innovators uh, and we need to be challengers. So in that sense uh, I'm really interested in it and I hope that we continue to, to, to work at it and, and discuss it and, um, I assume it's a way to, for us to build a huge audience. I can, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. It'd be very, very cool to see that. Involved. It'd be pretty box office. Yeah, pretty, pretty box office for sure. <laughs> um, Rob, so we'd like to end off this interview with some rapid fire questions. If you're feeling fresh, I know we asked Let's you a lot. It. I know we asked you a lot of questions already tonight, but uh, starting off favorite moment of the season so far. Favorite moment. Um, Probably the uh, what, what we refer to as the rain game 
um, the Hartford game at home where it was, <laughs> it was pretty cold and it was raining sideways. I think we had about a 20 mile an hour wind coming straight down the pitch, which is why Arturo's ball, I think bent the way it did and mm-hmm. got through. Um, also too, cause the seven or 800 people who stuck around <laughs> got, got rewarded. Um, yeah, it was a, that was a wild game. Uh, Bruce from Hartford was with me at the time. He's a good friend. And, uh, yeah, it was, we've had a lot of results like that, so it, it's it's hard to pick one. But I think given the elements, that was pretty theatrical with the rain and the, you know, it's a very good slow-mo highlight. The free uh, kick was pretty insane. I, I would say the Hartford game at Hartford was probably my favorite moment. That A.J. Uh, Patterson a- goal was... cracker at the, <laughs> yeah. uh, at the end yeah. was... Yeah. yeah, his celebration was also pretty awesome, too, yeah. when he put the ball under, you know, because he, he just had a son, so that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, we like to we like to um we're we're pretty dramatic and uh we're very dramatic against Hartford, I guess. Yeah, definitely. The cardiac battery, I like that. Uh yeah. favorite spot to eat in Charleston. Oh boy. Um I, I've been pretty consistent. I love Melfi's. It's you know, Italian guy. It's it's my type of cuisine, but it's just a really sharp fit out. Uh, the ordinary is also great. Um, there's a lot of good places. My wife and I, we go to Basic Kitchen right down the street. Uh, it's a good kind of healthy lunch spot, but no shortage of it. Uh, tons of great, great chefs and more coming. Um, so, but Melfi's is probably all around with food and and fit out is probably my my jam. I'll have to check that out Shout next out time out town. Yeah. No. Favorite battery kit this season? Uh, probably. I, I like the primary kit. It it's us. It's. I mean, Gray did an unbelievable job with with them. I, I think they're they're all different. Uh, I just think um, the way he integrated uh, some of the you know the iron gates and and some of the the, the subtleties of of the market, but. I think it's a great look, um, you know, the accents in red and, and just the, it's us, it's who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love our, I mean, it was one of the things that drew me to the team. I mean, the, the color scheme and just the, the tradition and yeah, I love it. There's some, there's some good stuff going around the league. I think people are stepping their game up. Oh, a hundred percent. I, yeah, I'm excited to see how the battery develops as the years goes on. And the, I guess, I would say American sports knows how to make really nice jerseys, no well, matter what. Plus, it's easy to separate Americans yeah. from their dollar when it comes <laughs> to jerseys. Uh, I know I definitely fall into that category. So <laughs> keep making jerseys, and I'll keep buying them, Rob. Um, who's, who's your favorite USL team to beat? Uh, look, points are points. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. But who's your favorite team to beat? <laughs> yeah. Points are points. Uh, if you're going to make me answer the question, you know, it's always good to get one, get one on, uh, on Tampa, um, you know, one, their, their arrival and, you know, part of the, obviously the great tradition in this country and they're the best. Um, so, you know, you, you want to beat the best. Uh, we got, we got two on them this year. Um, boy, they look good lately. And, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, three points always always taste sweet. It doesn't matter who you're getting it against. It's like Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night. A lot. And it's the thing. It's interesting. Is you you make friends in this league, and um, like with Detroit, you know, I'm with those guys all week. We're texting back and forth. We're joking around. We're kind of helping each other out. And then for 90 minutes, you got to kind of stop it. <laughs> and, you know, you, yeah. you beat your brains in, and then you know it's good game. But um, it, it's fun 
knowing the other groups now and going to certain places. Like I went up to Pittsburgh, my college roommate came down. I was there with my sister and, and her husband, you know, all of whom have a, a small piece of the team. And like, it's great going, I love going to, to, you know, going up to, you know, places and getting razzed. And I would say if you win on the road and you're in the building, that is the sweetest victory. Yeah, definitely. Love it. And you guys, you guys have been great in a way, so that's perfect. Um, uh, we have been very good on the road. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Favorite leisure activity outside of business, and I guess outside of trading cards now, because we've learned that yeah. you do love those. So, what's what's another interest of yours? Um, I love running. Uh, I actually, I mean, Charleston is one of the things that's great about Charleston is being able to walk. It's very cosmopolitan, European, I guess, in that sense. So, um, we have a very energetic young husky. Mm. uh young howler and uh <laughs> she, she doesn't howl as much as our, our other one but uh it's a great city to walk around and it's a great city to run so i, I love being out on my feet um uh in the city and and exploring uh i love music play a little guitar uh so that's that's probably uh i think mean, steph and i love to go out to eat uh so we're in the right place for that so being out with being out with friends out uh out you know taking in what charleston's got to offer on the food scene is has been really good. Well, that's hey, great to hear. Rob, yeah. we absolutely love what you're doing. I mean, Battery have been one of the most fun teams to watch in the league this season. We are biased, of course, because we are kind of Battery fans ourselves. But <laughs> um, it's been awesome to see what you guys are putting together down there. We are very much looking forward to the playoff push and uh, watching yeah. you guys stream on ESPN+, Plus, which everybody should watch the Battery on ESPN+, Plus when uh, Pre- when they play. We appreciate it. And um, the league needs... Uh, you know, needs coverage. So thank you for you guys for, you know, growing the game, doing your part to grow the game and, uh, and grow this league. So look forward to seeing you. Yeah. Uh, nine games left and, um, hopefully, hopefully one in late October at home to, uh, to treat our fans because they deserve it. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Rob. Rob. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.